2: Support for NPR comes from the NPR Wine Club, offering wines from around the world with stories behind each one and bottles inspired by favorite NPR shows. Available to adults 21 years or older. Learn more at nprwineclub.org and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.
3: You're listening to Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to Southern Remedy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Hello and welcome to Southern Remedy. The original one, that means uh, I'm the oldest host, I guess. But uh, we're glad to have you here with us today. I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, Professor of Medicine and Pediatrics at University of Mississippi Medical Center. And this is a program uh, to answer whatever questions you have about medical issues as best we're able. The program is supported by an unrestricted grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and... Uh, MPB. So we're glad uh, to have you here. Let's kick off the show uh, and all our lines are open one 877 Any question you have on medical issues or you can send us an email at southernremedympbonline.org. Let's go to Beaumont and Sue. Hey Sue. Hey, how are you doing today? We're good. How are you?
0: I want to ask you a question. I Last week I had a metabolic panel drawn as part of a routine, you know, Blood
4: test. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and they, they called me and said my uh, alkaline phosphatase was elevated. Not mm-hmm. real bad, but what does that mean? I mean, why, what does that indicate?
3: Okay. So uh, there is a statistical um, uh, nostrum uh, that the more uh, lab tests you draw, the more likely you are to come up with one that is false positive. OK, so that means that if you draw 100 tests, you're more likely to come up with a meaningless uh, number on a test that's abnormal than if you draw 10. So we are trying to grow, draw fewer and fewer screening laboratory tests uh, if there's not a good reason to do so. Now, I, as a rheumatologist, I use a lot of biologics and uh, in that case, we have to draw blood tests because biologics can goof up just about any system you have. So we check out your systems and those those lab tests, metabolic profiles. You had um, uh, a limited one. There's a complete one that looks at everything. It looks at the liver and there are th- uh, two liver tests: SGOT and so forth along with the alkaline FOS, which I'm going to address your question about. There are kidney tests like the creatinine. Uh, There are uh, uh, tests about your electrolytes, calcium and sodium and potassium and so forth. And all of these put together give us a good idea of whether or not your systems are operating uh, appropriately. Uh, So in the process of most of the insurance companies will no longer um, uh, do these without a reason to do them. We used to, everybody that c- came in for their annual physical used to get a complete metabolic panel, a blood count, a urinalysis, and an electrocardiogram. Uh, and before that, they got a serum protein electrophoresis. Well, we came up with all kinds of chasing our tails, trying to find out why these laboratory tests were abnormal, and more often than not, they were false positive. Let's talk about specifically. That's why we're trying to limit these. So don't think that somebody's doing you favors, ordering huge numbers of lab tests on you. That is not necessarily good medicine. So the the alkaline phosphatase is uh, a an enzyme that comes from either the liver or the bone, and um, uh, it is most commonly elevated when there is a problem uh with the biliary tree usually with gallbladder disease uh when you have um, some obstruction to your the way that gallbladder drains and functions it's connected to the liver uh it's all the same enzyme can be released with uh bone problems and we especially see this in osteoporosis so um what we usually do with uh, uh, getting this abnormal test is not to f- try to figure out where it's coming from, but to repeat it and see if it normalizes. And many people, it comes back normal. at the end of it. And those who um, have a high level that have not had a bone densitometry, uh, we get one. And if if it's real high, we get an ultrasound of the gallbladder just to make sure there's no obstruction. Those are the first steps. But that is, uh, I'll just tell you, that is one of the most frequently false positive tests we get in metabolic panels. So I would not despair. I would talk with my provider and ask that person who knows your whole medical history how to go forward. And I hope that helps, Sue. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Good to, good to hear from you. You're listening to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Rick, and we'll take your question on any medical issue, and we'd love to hear from you. It's just me. We don't have a special topic, although if you don't call in, I'll make one up because I have a lot to talk about, and you probably don't want to hear that. So give me a call at 1-877-672-7464 or send us an email at southernremedy at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Hernando in Virginia. Hey, Virginia.
4: Good morning. Um, I had a question, and I don't know if I'm saying this correctly or not. Gillian Barre? Yes,
3: ma'am. You said it perfectly. Oh,
4: good. Um, my husband, uh, a year ago, uh, had issues and everything, and it, it, it they thought it was Lyme disease, and then it kind of switched over, and... Never got a real diagnosis of Guillain-Barré, but because he got better. Mm-hmm. But my question, and he fit every symptom of that, mm-hmm. um, is that something that stays in your system and like it could rear its head again at some other point? Or
3: that or is not? a good question. So let me let me just see if I can tackle that for you. By the way, we have open lines at one 672 7464 if you have a question. Guillain-Barre is an, uh, an immune problem where you make antibodies against your own neurological tissues. And primarily the tissues that are attacked by your own antibodies uh, are uh, in your spinal cord and the nerves connected to them. Uh, the The symptoms are uh, what's called an ascending paralysis. That is, you get uh, weak, a lot of motor symptoms and some sensory symptoms, but primarily motor. You get r- weakness in your ankles, legs, thighs, and then it can go all the way up to your respiratory muscles. And you don't have muscle strength to breathe. And that's what we're worried about. Uh, this the most common uh, uh, cause of this is we don't know what the common, uh, what, what did it. It certainly is known to occur uh, after um, snake bites uh, to certain drugs. Uh, after some vaccines, all of this is unusual. Uh, but most often it is probably triggered by a viral infection which induces this antibody against your neurological system. Now, if the thing that causes it isn't around very long, the antibody that is made against your tissues is not reproduced. The half-life of the antibody that causes this is about 21 days. So if someone had uh, Guillain-Barre, uh, it would probably go away in two months if the stimulus that's causing it uh, isn't still present. And and usually uh, in most patients that have this don't even know they have it. Uh, I actually had it after the swine flu vaccine when I was in the military, uh, which was embarrassing because I was the person responsible for giving it uh, myself. So I took the first dose and I got it. Uh, uh, everybody was afraid of getting it. And as you know, swine flu was one of the first uh, immunizations that uh, was associated with Guillain-Barre. If you have had, uh, and it's, it's unpredictable as to how far it will go once you get it. So you could have just your lower extremity. It could progress higher and so forth and so on. And that's why we usually put you in the hospital if it's progressing rapidly, because we want to make sure you don't have trouble with breathing. It sounds like your hubby had a mild case of this that's now resolved. Uh, Many people have some uh, problems feeling in their feet or some uh, ambulatory uh, problems that usually get better after having this, Uh, but it does not tend to be recurrent, except in a very rare set of people who have some underlying autoimmune problem Which I'm sure they looked for and did not find. So I I think you can relax and be very grateful. It's Thanksgiving time. I'm I'm glad that he is better and glad that he did not have a bad spell. Is that helpful?
4: It was very helpful. He had had an infection, and 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 I believe we believe that's where it came from. But I just I still didn't know if it was something that stayed like. Like mononucleosis stays in your system, you know if if this is something that stays in your system no
3: no it it goes away. the antibody against your um nerve cells goes away, and that's the end of it and if you're not if you don't get whatever it was that caused it again, you don't have a recurrence, and it's very unusual to see a recurrence uh in this so oh, i would yes, uh,
4: makes i would sense. I
3: would celebrate, I would celebrate, and make him take out the garbage. <laughs>
4: He's pretty good at that. Okay, Thank
3: you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for your question. Hey, we have some open lines, and we'd love to talk to you. Uh, we're going to, t- to Ripley, one of my favorite places, in just a minute. Uh, here's uh, an email from uh, a listener, PR, who said, Last Wednesday at the end of the program you advised a call to get a new pillow for osteoporosis of the neck. I have the same problem, was hoping you would specify what type of pillow would be best. I am not getting into the my pillow and other uh, games about pillows because um, there, there is no best pillow. Uh, it has to do with what's wrong with your neck in the first place. Now, just because you have osteoporosis of the neck, you shouldn't have neck pain but I do recommend a soft pillow if you have allergies the claritin pillow is especially good cost about 21 bucks with well, your 20% discount so it's expensive uh, I don't have a favorite pillow if you're having neck pain and uh, you you are thinking about uh, doing something like getting a pillow the best way to find out what kind of pillow is You need is to see a physical therapist, and you can go for one visit, and your insurance will pay for it if you're lucky enough to have it in Mississippi, and that's another problem. Um, So the physical therapist will manipulate your neck and find out whether your problem, your pain is with flexion or extension or lateral rotation, and you have to have that information to know which pillow or other support device would be best. So it's like everything else in life. It's a little bit complicated. Uh, the problem is you can't go. You can't. It's not like buying a mattress. You can't go down and lay down on every one and see which one works. Uh, so um, you know you can't go buy every pillow because those doggone things are really expensive. Uh, so that that would be my advice. We have a lot of people with neck discomfort at night who use these C-shaped pillows you get at the airport. Uh, that are very, very helpful uh, and it supports your neck at night just with a regular pillow or no pillow. The problem is they make you sweat, so uh, they do help you, but most people can't tolerate them because they wake up sweating. So that's the best I can do on that one, but I appreciate hearing from you and I'd love to hear from you if you give us a call at 1-877-672-7464 or send us an email. Let's go. To Ripley and David.
1: Hey, David. Good morning. Uh, I'm a little hoarse this morning, but that's not why I called. Oh, okay. I had a uh, bulging disc in my back about 15 years ago. A little time, cleared up. About two years ago, same trouble again, pain in the right leg, a little time, a little medicine, cleared up. Last winter, it hit me again. Mm-hmm. But I had something additional. Uh I might be completely pain free on a lot of days by the late afternoon. Mm-hmm. But about three or four o'clock in the morning, when I would need to get up to go to the, the uh, restroom, mm-hmm. just the least little movement that I would make in bed or mm-hmm. trying to get out of the bed and get to the bathroom, I had severe pain in my right leg, to the lower part of my butt, and the upper part of my leg. Right. And I. And I wound up going, uh, going, going to the restroom there for several weeks. And and when I would first get up in the morning, and like a half squat, resting some of my, my weight by putting my hands on my knees, and I, it hurt so badly to stand up that I resorted to sitting down to, to go potty. Uh, yeah, to urinate. To, to urinate. To All right. The, so
3: uh, so so, do you want me to answer that?
1: Uh, Or is there more? I have an additional question. Okay, well, give it Uh, to me. So I need to tell you a little bit more. Went to the doctor uh, again, had an MRI. Uh, Went to the doctor a second time, a second round of steroids, Mm -hmm. physical therapy. Made one trip to a uh, physiatrist. Yep. Got no help whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the newspaper. I saw a headline in a doctor's column about piriformis syndrome. Mm -hmm. That caught my attention because I had seen a a piriformis stretch on the list of uh, stretches from my physical therapist. Yeah. So I said, that sounds just like my problem. Right. So I got to poking on the internet, found a lot of information at HoustonMethodist.org and Mm -hmm. every detail of what I read fit my symptoms. So you did the exercise and it fixed it. And the when I started doing the piriformis stretch and the uh, hamstring stretch, mm-hmm. the improvement was immediate and dramatic. Now I was already very gradually getting a little bit better.
3: Yeah. But so let, let let me that, let me let me try to let me try to clarify that. You gave a beautiful history, and um, and it's a very common one that I hear. Uh, and let me just make sure you understand the basics of this. And by the way, we have open lines at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, 877 672 We're going to Meridian in just a minute. Um, the spinal cord, uh, the sp- spinal column uh, of which there's a cervical or neck part, a thoracic or chest part, and a lumbar or uh, back part that is all con- sitting on top of uh, bones sitting on top of each other, uh, looks like a chicken neck, um, with, separated with little winks that are called discs. And the discs are in there to keep the bones from rubbing on each other. And, uh, and what happens when bones rub on each other, you get osteoarthritis, and you make new bone that you don't really need. And that new bone can trap the nerves coming out of your spinal canal that run between those little uh, vertebra. And uh, if they are trapped either by a disc, which is in on the spine itself, or extra bone, so-called bone spur, uh, that has uh, developed uh, on the side of the spine, you will get sciatica, which is what you described. You had recurrent sciatica which was back pain, low back pain usually, with pain radiating down your buttocks and, the, and your thigh. So this is characteristic sciatica. It's very, very common. It is usually, uh, if it is not associated with significant neurological problems like loss of bladder or bowel control, weakness in the legs, uh, et cetera, Uh, we uh, usually do not even image it because it usually goes away within six weeks. When it's recurrent, uh, we do go ahead and image it uh, just to make sure we're not missing a cancer or something else. And then we go back to doing the same uh, thing, which is called um, uh, basically, you know, symptomatic relief. And that includes uh, exercises, swimming being the best, which people will refuse to do. Um, uh, One can go to physical therapy, which can be excellent. One can see a chiropractor. They're as good as a physical therapist, and the physical therapists are as good as them and no better. Um, uh, Or you can see a pain specialist and get injections in your back with steroids, which make you swell up and look like a toad frog if you get enough steroids. It also jacks your blood pressure up. And uh, if you've got prediabetes, you can kick over into diabetes. So we have to be careful with all of those things. If the pain is chronic and you have an MRI, the MRI really doesn't mean anything unless there's a physical exam to go with it because just about over 50% of people over the age of 50 have a, quote, slipped disc on uh, imaging. And and just because you've got a slip disc or bone-on-bone in your knee does not mean you need surgery. And In fact, 50% of back surgeries do not work. So we are very, very uh, conservative about uh, recommending back surgery for people with back pain. We try to treat with non-opioid analgesics like non-steroidals, uh, like Naprosin or Tylenol, uh, sometimes some muscle relaxants, but physical therapy uh, uh, is is a, a major component of that. So far as your scenario is concerned, the most important thing you can do is to keep your back, uh, your the muscles in your back uh, strong. And there's there's a set of muscles in the front of your back and on the side of your back that run up and down, that keep your spine from wiggling when you squat or stand up or, you know, kick your legs up or whatever else you do. And if those are weak because you haven't been exercising or doing your physical therapy because it hurts, then that predisposes you to recurrent problems. And uh, so the most important thing you can do is, is not go to the physical therapist three times and never go back. Uh, And never do your exercises. That is a guarantee you'll get symptoms again. And, of course, avoid lifting uh, uh, things in an inappropriate manner. Lifting is the most common trigger of this. And people uh, forget they have to squat uh, before they lift something up rather than bending over and, and lifting it up. So you've got recurrent sciatica. And uh, the, there, it is possible to operate on that, but the operative effects uh, are about a 50% go. And the best thing that you can do is to get in a regular physical therapy program, try to get uh, to see your physical therapist in person as much as your insurance will allow, uh, where you can get the right back strengthening exercises and you can be checked by that physical therapist or a trainer. Many people are using trainers now that uh, have some training in this area to make sure you continue to do your exercises well. The best thing you could do would be warm water pool exercise, and uh, that's the best tightening thing, but other things are good too. Is that helpful? Uh,
1: Yes, it is. Could I mention one more thing? Sure. Uh, uh, When I did have the MRI in my particular case, you know, when they looked at the results of it, mm-hmm. they, you know, my, my general practitioner, the physiatrist, they all said that that still did not explain the problems that I was having. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's
3: uh, why you looked at the piriformis but, but the things
1: that I read about the piriformis mm-hmm. muscle... Did, and my follow up question
3: is well let me let me uh, let me address that before you, you got you're going to the third question, and that that's the last one we'll have time for because i've got someone waiting but and by the way, if you want to get on the show it's a good time to do that we're one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Let me address the piriformis deal before I uh take your last question uh There is a lot of controversy uh as to whether the piriformis syndrome actually exists. And uh, I'm not convinced myself. Uh, but uh, the, the, and, and when you do particular exercises in the midst of uh, a p- painful episode, uh, just because you get better doesn't mean the exercise worked. Uh, the, just because something happens at the same time something else happens doesn't mean they're related. So uh, it may be that you were getting over your episode of sciatica, which usually remits in, in three weeks, three to six weeks, and that the exercises you were doing were helpful. Uh, if, if your doctor is a big fan of piriformis uh, syndrome, well, that's great because the exercises are very helpful uh, for what you got anyway. All right, that's the piriformis. What's your, what's your other question?
1: Okay. Well my follow up was I I didn't hear anything about pure from any of those doctors, but mm-hmm. I noticed that newspaper paper article I got to poking around on the web.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So in my case or, or your general thoughts on self on uh newspaper internet self diagnosis mm-hmm. and Self treatment. I was afraid you would start yelling into
3: the microphone. No, I, I didn't. I no, no, no. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, the the we have a lot of people who get into uh, self treatment that end up missing cancers and all kinds of other things. And I I I do recommend people not Google uh, the complaint, but but go to a legitimate website like the Mayo Clinic website. Uh, or some of the University Medical Center uh, helplines, or to uptodate.com, uh, they have a, a um, an option for the public. This is the one that we doctors use to keep up with everything new and wonderful. Uh, go to something authoritative, because if you Google uh, a topic, you will get people crazy, lunatics, uh, giving you all kinds of advice that will not help you, and uh anytime they ask for money, you know they're ripping you off. So I would be careful about that. And but it's perfectly okay. Patients come in every day and ask me about well, I was reading this and what do you think about it? And uh and that doesn't bother me. I mean that's if if you wanna uh do a little bit of self diagnosis, that's fine, but let your doctor know what you're doing, what you're taking. And that's the agreement I have with all of my patients is uh, if you want me to take care of you, uh, I'll be happy to do that. But you got to tell me if you're doing something other than or what I recommended so I can adjust to that. And we bargain about it and work it out. So that would be my approach, and I don't think you send by going on the Internet. Just be careful of the information you get because some of it, a lot of it, is bogus. Thanks for your call, David. Appreciate you calling. We have two open lines right now. If you ever wanted to get in, this is a post-Thanksgiving slump. Some people still have turkey on board, and that tryptophan is making them sleepy and they're sleeping late. So we have some open lines at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 It's Southern Remedy, all questions answered on medical issues. Hey, Ann, what's going on in Meridian?
0: Well, um done fairly well. I'm just having problems at night. My uh, my fingers, like, they tingle or go to sleep or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I just want to know what.
3: Okay. Let me ask you a couple of questions where I can uh, get a handle on this complaint. So you wake up in the middle of the night with your hands numb and tingling?
0: Well, yeah, I like
3: yeah, yes. Uh, you don't have that in your toes? No. Okay. And um, uh, when you shake it out, does it go away? When you shake your hands, does that usually get rid of it?
0: Well, no, I ain't nothing about shaking hands. I just kind of rub them light. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess I rub myself back to sleep or something. <laughs>
3: well, know. let me tell you what that, that is. It's either... It's either osteoarthritis of the neck with some compression of the nerves, the sensory nerve fibers that go down to your fingers, or it's carpal tunnel syndrome. Those are two completely different problems, but they're both so-called entrapment syndromes, where the nerves coming from your spinal cord in your neck out through those little uh, chicken bones, uh, in your neck get trapped, okay, and they could get trapped way high up in your neck or way down in your wrist where there's a little tunnel called the carpal tunnel, and uh, those nerves can get trapped in there. Uh, the carpal tunnel syndrome uh, usually responds to keeping your uh, hands straight at night rather than flexing them. Uh, many people have the symptoms that you're having because they Contort, put their flex their hands and put them under their chins, or do all kinds of things with them during sleep, and that causes the nerves to be stretched in that little tunnel, and you get pain. So, uh, if if uh, we we frequently get night splints for people like that, it's just little things to keep your uh, hands straight. You can get those actually uh, at the drugstore. Uh, night splints to keep your hands straight. Well, if you think it's that night splints. Night okay. splints. Now, if it's your neck, then uh, then uh, that's a, a different issue. Uh, no, I have my-
0: had a problem. With my neck. It's just my fingers. Fingers, like the tip of my fingers, are. Or- You know, like that.
3: Yeah, but your knee bone's connected to your hip bone's connected to your (laughs) backbone, so So it could be your neck. And um, so here's what I would recommend. Try the night splints. If that doesn't work, go see a physical therapist or your primary care doctor or nurse practitioner, whoever. Uh, Physical therapists are great with this kind of problem. And uh, they can coordinate your care uh for this complaint or your primary care doctor can do it but i i bet you it's carpal tunnel and uh sure sorta of what it sounds like at least you know the two things that are more most likely is that helpful
0: yes it is well, now the second question i have is my feet uh swell yeah and oh, uh, and I said, I've been trying to watch the sodium intake. I, I read the back of the labels of everything. And,
3: yeah. Uh, so uh, you mean they swell where when you put your finger down there, you get a pit?
0: No, the, they they just my, my feet just swell.
3: But you can feel you can feel in your feet, and you don't have diabetes, right? I do. Oh, you do have diabetes? Yes. Oh, okay. So uh, that's a whole different problem than the average person. Uh, If you have diabetes and your feet swell because your veins don't work right, you know, everything goes south as we get older. And as you get older, the the little pumps in the veins from the legs that pump the blood back up to the heart fail. They're little valves that fail. And people start getting swelling in their legs, okay? And in the usual person, just using some support hose that you can get over the counter... Uh, at uh, uh, your drugstore or big box stores, preferably 18 to 20 millimeters pressure, not just the cheapies, uh, but the ones that are real pressure hose, um, or you can get them online, um, uh, preferably through a reputable source. uh, Those those usually take care of it. And I would recommend that you get some pressure stockings if you don't already have them. They come in knee. they, They come in ankle. And thigh size. We use the thigh ones, which have to be fitted for people who have awful swelling. You could start with the thigh size. But the problem with diabetes is when your legs are swollen, you have an increased risk of getting an infection. And people with diabetes have real problems with foot infections. So I would get the uh, support hose. And if that doesn't work, you need to talk to your doctor about this because you may need to see a... Uh, diabetic foot uh, nurse or somebody to help you with that. Hope that got it. Let's go, and thank you for your call. We appreciate it. We're going to uh, Corinth next. Is that where we need to go? We're going to Corinth and Jim. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Thanks for your call. What's going on? Thank
5: you. I have a couple of related questions.
3: Um, Everybody seems to have multiple questions today. That's fine. That's good. That's good. I'm okay with it.
5: Okay. Anyway, uh, I have been to a uh, orthopedic and diagnosed on my hip with bone on bone. And uh it's it's tolerable but getting worse, I think. Prior prior to this, uh, I just finished a six course uh doing, dealing with uh <clears throat> cancer. Uh-huh. And I finished my physical therapy about 2 months ago. What
3: kind of cancer?
5: Uh prostate uh, no no it was a CLL uh-huh uh, lymph node so you had a lot of steroids uh, they gave me a lot of medication during my treatments I know that
3: yeah well one of them was steroids I'm sure so okay
5: there was some steroid in there mm-hmm. but that was more pain relief I think than anything else probably but but anyway uh, as I got got through that I prior to that I had had a little bit of a limp and uh, as we progressed through the uh, treatments uh, this limp of uh, mine uh, got worse and now I've got the bone on bone. I, I, I personally think that it accelerated because of the cancer treatment mm-hmm. but uh, my orthopedic says no So baby. what,
3: what is your concern? Is it pain in your hip or the limp yeah. or both?
5: Well, my my, my, my The question really is Is there any treatment other than joint replacement, like any kind of injection of fluid or anything?
3: For hip pain or hip weakness or what part, what hip problem?
5: For the bone on bone.
3: Bone on bone is is meaningless. Uh, Just about every old person that you take an x ray of their knee or hip has bone on bone because we lose the cartilage as we age. And uh, people hear this from doctors and think it's the end of the universe. Half the, I'm a rheumatologist. Half the people I see uh, ha- have been told they needed this or that replaced. And, uh, and we don't do that because there are major complications of surgery if, and major indications for having the surgery. And orthopedists uh, are supposed to uh, hesitate, Uh, with joint replacement and use it only under certain circumstances. Uh, That is intractable pain, uh, loss of function, are the two major uh, causes. And certainly in someone who has had chemotherapy, you want to have as little done to you surgically as possible because uh, you're at risk for complications. So I would forget what the X-ray or the MRI showed I would go with what are your symptoms, and if you're having pain uh, or limping, you need to see a physical therapist and have your legs measured, because the most common cause in seniors of limping is that there's a leg length disparity. For whatever reason, your legs are half or an inch off between the two of them, and all they have to do is put an orthotic in or put a lift on your shoe, and the limp problem goes away. So I would see, uh, uh, get your uh, orthopedist or your primary care doctor to refer you to a physical therapist for an evaluation of your limp or whatever else is going on with your hip, and uh, injections, you may have already had this, because we usually don't do the injections until after you've had the the physical therapy. Did you have physical therapy?
5: I, I did for a while. But uh, it, it got so
3: painful that I quit it. Oh, that's a mistake. What you do is you cuss at the physical therapist and tell him <laughs> to stop doing that and do something that doesn't hurt, and then they have all these tricks. They They have heat, diathermy, and all this other stuff that they can do, or they'll call your orthopedist or whoever and say, you need to give him something before his physical therapy that will let me do the physical therapy so I can get this fixed. So that's where you went off track. You need to go back to the physical therapist, make sure it's a good one, make sure it's one you can talk to that will communicate with you and discuss your problem. And uh, most of the physical therapy operations, there's five or six physical therapists. If the one you get won't talk to you and make sense, ask for another one. Uh, You're paying for it anyway. So find the right one, and I guarantee you those people are good. You know that it is as difficult to get into physical therapy school as it is to get into medical school. These people are really smart, and they know a lot of stuff, and they're terribly underutilized. So go for that, okay?
5: I'm, I'm well aware of that. I have a grandson that's going to graduate next year in, in uh, physical therapy.
3: You should be proud of him. Uh, well, I will be. He must be. Well, just to get in, you ought to be proud of him. Well,
5: so, he's doing very well, and uh, he'll, he'll do very well. But all right. Thank you very much for your And if
3: you want more, just send me an email. i got a whole bunch of other stuff I can send you, or call us back. And I'm okay. glad you called, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's go to uh, Gautier and Karen. Hey, Karen. Karen, you still there?
0: Yes.
3: How many questions do you have to ask? Just one. Oh, all right. Well, we got uh, uh, Helen waiting and we got an open line at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I'm just joking. I don't mind you can ask a hundred no questions. What what's going on?
4: Is there anything that can be done for alcohol induced dementia?
3: No. If that's what it is. Um alcohol uh there is a reversible form of dementia that's associated with B twelve deficiency, at least partially. Uh, reversible uh, from alcohol. And so one of the first things that we do when someone who is an alcoholic uh, has uh, mental issues, uh, cognitive issues, thinking issues, memory issues, is to get a B12 level uh, and a folic acid level, because we we can treat that one. But uh, the alcohol brain toxicity form of dementia there's not much we can do for you know we can't really do much for any form of dementia uh, we 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 give these pills uh there's two of them that we use together and uh in, occasionally they seem to make a difference but in large studies the difference they make is hardly anything so um this is this is my mother. You've heard probably heard me say this on the program. My mother had dementia. She had a mixed dementia, which was both vascular and Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is associated with the deposition of an abnormal uh, protein in the brain, and vascular yeah. dementia. My is,
0: grandmother passed from Alzheimer's. So I'm sorry. Got, you yeah. know, my my four children have. All sorts of it to look forward to, yeah,
3: I know, I know, but you know you have to look on the bright side, uh so and then the vascular dementia is caused primarily in people who have chronic high blood pressure and don't have it treated. Uh, my mother uh, was a medical person, so as most medical people are, she didn't do what was right to take care of her own health, so she didn't get have her blood pressure well-controlled and and that added up. And, you know, we went, uh, I'm uh, I'm also a geriatrician, so I know who to talk to and where to go for this. So we tried every experimental therapy known to man uh, on her and it didn't budge her at all. And she sort of just went down over the years and ended up in a nursing home and all that stuff. So I sympathize with your uh, your acquaintance or your loved one with this problem, I wish we had something would work, uh, but that's that's the truth. Just make sure he's had his vitamins or she's had her vitamins checked, B12 and folate, okay? Oh,
0: thank you very much.
3: Good to hear from you. Hey, you're listening to Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Rick here with Jay White, our producer, and we're trying to answer all your questions at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or your emails. I'm fixing to go to Jackson and Port Gibson. Here's an email uh, from SM. Uh, We have a family member who has recurrent kidney stones. The last one tested showed it was calcium appetite and calcium dihydrate. Other than drinking lots of water, what else can she do? She's obese, probably needs to lose 50 to 75 pounds. Please send your eating plan. I can't find it on the webs. That may just be me. We'll do that. Uh, Also, I have a really elevated B12 level. Tested for the first time last year and now checked twice is over 1,000. My doctor can't come up with any explanations. I just take a regular multivitamin now. Uh, It's tested so high. I'm taking a vitamin for seniors. I'm 71. Thanks. Uh, Well, Sarah, you've got two questions there. Number one is uh, the family member with cancer. kidney stones. Um, calcium, uh, kidney stones, the most important thing to do is is to make sure the blood calcium level is not elevated because that means you have hyperparathyroidism and that will give you kidney stones. Second thing you need to do is to make sure that there's no obstruction in the drainage system of the kidney. We do that with an ultrasound, uh, so forth and so on. And uh, that predisposes to stones if you've got that. Uh, If you get past that, drinking fluids, perhaps alkalinizing your urine, although I'm not sure that helps, uh, is sometimes tried by urologists. There's no fix for it, but drinking lots of water does help. And uh, if she's, uh, the other thing is to make sure she doesn't have gout, so they should have gotten a calcium. And a uric acid. I know she's got calcium stones, not uric acid stones, but sometimes that's not missed. That's missed, and, not, and it's playing a part because you only catch one or two stones, not a hundred, to see what's going on. So that's that's uh, so far as your family member. So far as your B12 level, you're probably getting too much B12 in your senior vitamins. Uh, you ought to just go back to a uh, kitty vitamin and make sure there's no B12 and folate in it. And I bet you that will normalize and there's all kinds of b twelve and nutritional supplements, so if you're taking a for instance a uh one of these uh speed up drinks there's b twelve and stuff in there, you can get it from these energy drinks I call them speed up that's some somewhat antique isn't it uh, uh these energy drinks and so forth, so you're probably getting it from somewhere uh there are some. Rare conditions associated with this. If your blood count's normal, I wouldn't worry about it. I hope that helps. Let's go to where, Jay? Where are you going? Jackson! Hey, Helen, what's going on in Jackson? I live Hello, here and don't know what's going on.
2: Just waiting on the rain. Oh, okay.
3: Well, uh, you know, I, I realized it that, uh, that wasn't until yesterday when I heard the weather that I realized we're in a drought.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Like, everything's limping, all the bit, azaleas and everything. But anyway, um, I have kind of a key part, part. I'm going to ask it quickly. Um, I'm asking for my husband. He doesn't know I'm asking. He had half his thyroid removed, gosh, it's been about four years ago now, and because um, he had a little cyst. And I think he needs to go see an endocrinologist along with his regular physician now. Also, his he had to start testing. His blood sugar started getting elevated and after that, so he tests his blood sugar all the time. So one is, should he see an endocrinologist along with his regular physician? Can thyroid affect blood sugar? And then the third question is for me, I take a baby aspirin every day just because I've been told you need to do that, but can it affect your vitamins being absorbed? I had read an article that said that it could affect mm-hmm. your vitamin absorption. So, so the answer to
3: questions. your questions are yes, yes, and no. Okay, okay. okay. So far <laughs> as the... Uh, uh, endocrinologist, if if you're the least bit wanting to know more about your, your problem or want to get a second opinion, it is appropriate to see a subspecialist. Uh, most internists are very, very good at uh, the problems you're talking about. Uh, right. And uh, I'm sure your doctor is following his TSH level and yeah. maybe even getting a thyroid ultrasound episodically. And that's the only thing that needed to be done there. So far as his blood sugar is concerned, uh, we know what to do about that. Is he overweight?
2: A little bit, but not much.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. you know, 10 pounds usually Correct. will. Correct. He's got Correct. Pre, pre-diabetes, I think, which is, and we now know that there's no such thing as prediabetes. And we know that prediabetes, which is an elevated blood sugar, persistently elevated blood sugar, does not meet the criteria for diabetes. Uh, responds very well to metformin and delays the onset of diabetes. So we're putting most people who will take it, and a lot of them refuse because uh, they don't want to admit they have a problem, uh, on metformin. And uh, so I would ask my internist about all those. And if, if he's not, if he or she is not getting those tests, then I think it would be appropriate to ask for um, a, an endocrinological consult. Uh, And that's what you're thinking, and that's what I would do. How's that? Okay.
2: Okay, and the aspirin for No, time. it doesn't, it, no, no, no okay. not a Is problem. Is it okay? To, I, mean, I mean, some people say,
3: no, you shouldn't, but I mean, I just thought it
2: can't hurt to take a baby aspirin. Well,
3: That's it like, can't hurt. You can bleed out. You can get a stomach ulcer and bleed out and be dead or vomit blood. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it can hurt. So you, uh, we 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 recommend that you're, there's primary and secondary prevention. Everybody's had a heart attack or vascular event in their head, a stroke or Uh, uh, mini-stroke. All those people need to be on a baby aspirin if they have no contraindication. That means if they don't have stomach ulcers or bleeding disorder. Uh, Recently, uh, for the first time, there are data showing that aspirin uh, is probably worth taking uh, if, uh, for sure if there's any family history of uh, heart disease or vascular disease, but it may be Uh, even in the average person with average risk. There's a fight about that that hasn't been resolved. Uh, So, you know, most people have a relative that has vascular disease, and so most people probably would benefit from taking a baby aspirin if they don't have any other reason not to. How's that?
2: Sounds good. Good to to hear from you. Thank you.
3: Let's go to Lamar in Morton. Hey, what's happening, in Morton, besides raising chickens?
5: That's about it, my friend. I uh, wanted to ask you, i got uh, L1 and L5 problems in my back, disc, Yeah. And a degenerative disc, and arthritis all in my lower back, uh, chronic back pain. What do you suggest that I do about this? I mean, and how bad is the degenerative disc will it get? Will I have to have operation, or can you live
1: with that?
3: Oh, yeah. So uh, if you have disc problems... That are giving you low back pain. That's what you're saying you have, right? Correct. I'm going with your diagnosis. Uh, no, you do not have to have operations for that, uh, but you do need to take care of your back. And the way that you do that is you go to a physical therapist and get back exercises to s- strengthen the muscles along the uh, spinal column to make sure you're spinal column does not wiggle when you walk or bend over uh, or whatever, lay down, okay? So there are special exercises that you can do every day that are not time-consuming that will keep the medial and lateral uh, muscles uh, that run up and down your spinal cord tough and tight uh, and keep it from wiggling. So that's one thing. Number two, you have to learn uh, what triggers your back to flare up and avoid it. Number three, you have to learn how to lift. You no longer bend over. You always squat when you lift something up, and you don't lift stuff that's real heavy. Uh, the best way to deal with this is is warm water exercise, pool therapy, and swimming, which you probably don't want to do. Uh, the exercises are the next thing, and uh, and when your back hurts, you know you don't go to bed with it, you keep moving, but you take some Tylenol or Naperson, whatever your, your provider uh, says is best for you, and keep moving. We used to put people to bed with uh, low back pain from disc, and it makes it worse. So don't do that. The first disc I blew out a long time ago, they put me to bed, and uh, I never did get better. So, so uh, that's that's the thing you you got to do. Hope that's helpful. Let's go to Port Gibson and Linda. Hey, Linda. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Rick, what's good? We got one minute. What's your question? Okay. Um,
0: uh, I'm going to call you about neuropathy and my big toe. Yes, ma'am. And it's that
3: to got me me nuts. Okay. So, uh, a painful big toe. The first thing we want to exclude is gout. And you have to have a blood test called a uric acid to exclude that. If that is negative, then you need an X-ray of your toe to find out if you have osteoarthritis or a Morton's neuroma uh, that can be surgically fixed. So uh, that's that's the workup for that, and I'm sorry you're having it. The other thing is you also, a physical therapist is a great person for this because you may have metatarsalgia. Uh, that can be fixed with an insert. I hope that helps. And Linda, I'm sorry I had to cut you off. You send me an email, at southernrimsmpbonline.org. I'll send you a toll uh, pain info. All right, uh, we've had a good time visiting with you today. We've gotten a lot of calls, and and we thank you for those. Other people listen from your, uh, learn from your call. So you're doing a, a service to call us, and we appreciate you doing that. We'll be back same time, same place. Next week with the original Southern Remedy.
1: This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.